Hey, PT listeners, we've been working on something special at Tier 11, something that I can say without exaggeration or without hesitation will produce better ad optimization and increased conversions and have a profound impact on the amount of data you can send back to all your ad platforms. That includes Meta, that includes TikTok, that includes Google, and we call it X-Ray Tag. And it's only available to Tier 11 customers. A lot of businesses think that it's Black Friday, it's the holiday season, and once they actually get through that, then they'll worry about next year. Well, now is the time for you to start gathering all the data that you can to set yourself and your business up for success in 2024. X-ray tag replaces all the potpourri of pixels, cappies, cookies with one single implementation that sends higher quality first-party data back to all your ad platforms. In fact, in our early testing, we've seen a 40 to 100% increase in event matching quality, aka EMQs in Meta, which translates into better ad optimization and increased conversions. So if you feel like your ads are flying blind, head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray to get early access. Clients to sign up before the end of the year, move to the front of the line, and we are only offering this for the PT listener like yourself. So head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray. Don't miss out. Hello, and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies in acquiring leads and sales to acquire more customers for your business alongside my virtual co-host Kasim Aslam. I feel like I'm in the same relative temperature and climate as you are right now. I am in 97 degree Florida and you're in how many degrees, Arizona? It's funny. Phoenicians don't talk degrees, Ralph. <laughs> We're just like hot, hotter, hottest. Yeah, I'm gonna check like, for you though. It's 95 it's right now, which is fine. Which is fine. That's which is fine. Like I'll survive a 95. Can I just go on record and just saying you're insane? I love yeah, you to death. Then, I you really know that do. White powder that falls from the sky nine months out of your year. Yeah. I don't have to put up with any of that. So. But I love that. Oh, dude, it's called seasonality. See, like no, you don't that's... look at the same thing, blue skies and sun every day. That's too boring. It's called proof that God wants us to be very grateful for warmth. Yeah. Just as a reminder of what how horrible things could be. It so well, it's good that we're not the same. It would be a very boring world yeah. if we all wanted to live in the Two same place. On everything, one of them is unnecessary. I know. You're right. If everybody just wanted to live in San Diego and have it 70 degrees and sunny every day or 95 and whatever it is there, sunny, cloudy. It's always 95 there. My son just came back from a semester abroad in Thailand. And when he left, it was 118 degrees. And they have three seasons, hot, hotter, and hottest. And he was in the hotter season. So he hasn't even gotten to the hottest yet. You go there, you'd be like, wow, this is kind of hot in the hot season you're like yeah this is like home so it's it's, it's yeah. all well, I, it's all relative it depends on the infrastructure that they have available to i've never been to thailand yeah. i imagine they have all the same luxuries we do in some places but it depends on where you're staying right yeah oh yeah oh yeah 
We stayed in the the air-conditioned luxury hotel, which was really actually yeah. inexpensive. He was staying in student housing with no air conditioning. So, yeah, very different. Anyway, today we are going to not talk weather the entire time and bore the socks off everyone who is listening to Perpetual Traffic, or maybe they're not anymore at this point. They've already they're tuned out now. and gone over to the Neil Patel podcast. Who the hell knows? Do you have a nugget for us? We are nugget heavy here. We like. We, we love Nuggets so much, we actually create separate shows around Nuggets. But I think today's Nugget is an AI Nugget that you and I have been using for quite some time. And we kind of realized maybe not everyone's using this. And it's something you guys are doing over at Driven Mastermind. Plug there for Perry. Just, you know, send me a check. But yeah, you guys are using it. It's great. It's like these tools are now becoming almost table stakes in a lot of ways. But tell us in a unique way that you're using some AI tools to get the content out from that mastermind. Yeah. So we do a call every week at Driven. It's about 90 minutes and the calls are amazingly valuable. You take 30 to 50 really smart people, put them all together, and then they help answer each other's questions and hardest problems. No matter what, you're going to get amazing content. The issue is we traverse so many topics, it's nearly impossible to catalog or categorize properly. And because we save these calls and put them in a repository, I want them to be referential. I want people to be like, I'm having a really hard time with X, insert this problem here. And I want them to be able to go search the calls and figure out where we've talked about that. So it was actually my EA, Sergio, that cracked the code on this. We were already using otter.ai, which by the way, if you're not using otter or fireflies or something, use an AI transcription tool. I like otter. It records the audio. It writes the notes. It captures slides. It generates summaries. It does all of this automatically. It prompts people for questions while the Zoom meeting is going on, um, like an interactive attendee to the meeting. Once we've got the otter transcription and notes, we add that to the video when we upload it in Simplero, which is where all of our videos live. And then we use Jasper. I don't love the Otter summaries. They're not horrible, but they're not quite as good as Jasper. So I'll I'll upload the entire transcription into Jasper, have Jasper summarize the video. In in 90 minutes, we can go 10, 15, 30 topics sometimes. So Jasper will give me a solid summary. And then I ask, based on the summary, for it to give me a title. And now I've got the transcription, the summary, the title for this video that makes it way more compelling when people are looking through a library content as opposed to just Driven Mastermind Wednesday call, um, June, whatever. And because Simplero searches by key phrase, you can search the entire transcription. And so if you're like, man, I'm about to run an online challenge. I wonder if there's anything inside of the Driven Mastermind about challenges. Bam, here's everything we've ever talked about, about online challenges. So if you're creating content, and I promise you're already doing this, your employees are on calls, you have internal calls, you have internal meetings, you have client calls. If you were to record those and then have the AI transcription, take the notes, capture the screenshots, build the summaries, that's viable content for something. Internal training, YouTube channel, rip it, turn it into a podcast, whatever. But the ability to repurpose, you know what's funny, dude, is there's no work involved. Like the work is already done. It's all there. Now you just need to post it live. So I think it's a no-brainer for just about everybody. The work is actually in going from tool to tool. Which an AI will ultimately do for us at some point. Like at a certain point, we're going to have the AI that you tell to do that and then it just does that. Absolutely. So people are like, oh my God, AI is here. Well, it's here, but it's not quite here yet. Like this is a manual process to leverage AI and it's a great tool. And Otter will actually show up as like a separate attendee. A lot of our, our tier 11 employees, like they'll have that on their Zoom 
because then they want the transcription of it. But what really right. is valuable is the summary and then the breaking apart of the data and making it so that it's usable and then searchable in a database. Like now, all of a sudden, if you had a tool that did all that, like that's even better. And I'm sure it's coming. But right now, if you can use those three things, like who isn't on Zoom now? There's probably somebody right. on your staff who is supposed to summarize the call or do whatever it is. Like you have tools right now that can do this for you and not to minimize the importance of those people who summarize calls. But the point is like AI can now do it all in one. It's just like the only thing is like the copy ask, and paste. Man, I'm like, maybe we should be minimizing the importance of people that summarize those calls unless they're doing something super fancy and super special. I'm not sitting here trying to diminish the value of a human, mm -hmm. but if the end result is the same, I'll go with the software. Yeah. So by me saying that, we have people who bridge that gap. There's some people that send out just a brief summary of calls, like in to-dos that go into either Slack or now Jira for us because we're transferring everything over from Asana. But like some of those people who do that, add value to the call anyway. They're not there just to note, take, and summarize. They're assimilating the data with like their worldview of things. And this, in this case, it might be sales support, it might be marketing support, whoever it happens to be. But yeah, at a certain point, it's like it's all going to be automated with AI. And then that person doesn't even do any of this and just uses all these tools. So those are three tools for AI that you can use today. These are tools that have been around a while, but they definitely are highly leverageable and highly useful for the Zoom world in which we live in today. And I'm sure a lot of people will be able to use them for all kinds of other applications, but it's basically, it's Jasper, Fireflies, Otter, and there's so many other tools that are out there, but we'll leave links in the show notes as well. Definitely start using that and start leveraging AI in sort of these basic forms today to make you more productive or your team more productive. So, and we'll continuously bring you more of the AI tools as we use them here on the show. Uh, today, we're going to be getting into where I just was. I was actually out in Meta in San Francisco at the Performance Marketing Summit 2023, Kasim Aslam. It was a three-day thing, two agency things, and then sort of a big day in the middle. And we're going to get into what we learned there right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Was your Black Friday Cyber Monday not quite as great as you wanted it to be? Did you feel like you were leaving money on the table? You knew you could have made more sales, but you just didn't know where that money was lying on the table. Well, it's probably because you have some blind spots in your business. We here at Perpetual Traffic want to make 2024 your best year ever. And now is the time to plan for it and set yourself up for 2024. It is not after the first of the year because by the time you actually start doing your planning after January 1st, you've already missed a month. So get that planning done now and do it on us. We are giving away 10 free audits, which goes through all of your ad platforms, all the platforms that you're spending money on right now, or maybe the ones that you're maybe not spending money on, but we feel that there is a great opportunity for you to spend and scale and grow. We'll also look at everything after the click for your CRO, your conversion architecture, as we call it. We'll even analyze your email sequences. And most importantly, we'll look at your data. 
how you're actually capturing visitors' information, and how it's tracking all the way to your CRM or whatever your source of truth is. And we do this through a comprehensive audit where we rate each section of your customer acquisition path, give you a rating, and then give some recommendations as to what you should do in order to have 2024 be the best year ever. Now, we're only going to offer this for 10 lucky businesses in the month of December. Okay, that's it. That's the only capacity that we have. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash audit. Fill out the form and let's make 2024 the best year ever. Welcome back to Perpetual Traffic. I'm here with my illustrious co-host, Ralph Burns, and we're going to learn everything that happened over the course of three days at the Meta Performance Summit 2023, because Ralph took copious notes, was front and center, and I have to imagine as a mainstay at those events. You've been going there as long as they've been having them, right? Yeah, they, well, the Meta Performance Summit is something that they just started last year post-COVID. And they did it at the Palo Alto facility, which I had been to before, but never in this building, which was like an airplane hangar size. And there must have been 150,000 people that have worked there. It's it's crazy. Uh, And I'm like, oh, well, you know, Meta did some layoffs a few months back. I'm like, that's kind of a drop in the bucket by comparison to where all the employees are just in one spot. So anyway, but this one they did downtown at one of the theaters, which was actually kind of cool. And they separated us out by sort of functional area. There was a lot of agencies that were there. There was a lot of brands that were there. And it was a three-day thing with, actually, it was a one-day thing with two agency things on either side. So I actually learned probably the most on the agency stuff. The big things with Meta right now, what do you think the big two-letter acronym topic was at this conference, Custom? Take a wild guess. I'm going to guess EG, which is an abbreviation, for example, I just assumed that they wanted a lot of case studies. Ralph, how did I do there? <laughs> I know you're being facetious. It was, of course, it was, yeah, there were actually a lot of case studies. And we'll get into some of those here at a high level. But yeah, it was all about AI. I think in the opening <gasps> comments, surprise, I lost count after 27 mentions of AI in the first 10 minutes. And I'm like, this is ridiculous for me to... But anyway, I know somebody actually did that at the at the at the Google Summit a few weeks back, which I thought was hysterical. Meta's just—I wouldn't say Meta's trying to keep up. I think Meta is keeping pace. They've got some interesting things on the ads platform side that they're doing with AI, and mostly they were attributing like. AI is a hot topic. It's a hot word right now, but we've already been doing it. The platform is AI. It's like Google is saying, hey, we have Google Bard, we have SGE that's coming out, but we've already been doing AI for as long as we can remember. There's an algorithm thing that shows the right ad at the right time to the right person. So there was that whole tie-in. We've already been here. So I always find that it's just, it's funny coming from the corporate world, how these big companies just kind of, I don't know, cover their ass a bit. But I'm like, I know AI powers the Facebook algorithm. I get it. I understand it. There's 55,000 data points, whatever the hell it is. Like they know a lot about people. Google knows a lot as well. But what are the tools that I'm going to use in order to, to make my life as a media buyer, for example, or as a creator that much more 
more productive and more interesting. And the two things that I came away with, and we're testing this quite a bit, is the Advantage Plus campaign. I wouldn't even say objective, but the campaign type now. And if you've tried like Advantage Plus shopping or any of the Advantage, and there's lots of them, they're going to be coming down the line. There's 17 or 18 of them that they showed at this conference, which is leveraging AI using, in essence, like their answer to Performance Max is really is the way that we look at it inside Tier 11 is just give us your creative, give us your copy, give us don't do anything, don't set up any structure, here's this thing, and we'll just put it all together and magically results will come out the other end. What we've found is that's nice in theory, but you still need your original, what they refer to as business as usual campaigns to start and give you the early indicators, the signs that, okay, this creative type is working. This audience is working. This type of video, this ad copy, this messaging, all of that. And then pulling your learnings from business as usual or just regular non-advantage campaigns and then putting them into your Advantage Plus campaigns was a big learning I think for me, not that it's groundbreaking news from Facebook or from Meta by any stretch, because most things when they come out with it, it doesn't work right out of the gate. It doesn't work right out of the box. There's got to be iterations of it, but is this a way to scale? And there was a number of large brands that have leveraged this Advantage Plus shopping in this particular case, very e-commerce heavy presentations with major brands that have used these campaigns to be able to scale up. If you have tried Advantage Plus and you're a media buyer and, or you have a team of media buyers and you've heard about this thing called Advantage Plus and you've tried it and it hasn't worked, I wouldn't give up on it yet because this is typically how things work inside Meta. They send it out. It doesn't really bear fruit just to start off with, but as it gets better and better, I think the average advertiser can really start to use it. So like big brands like Coach and Kate Spade and Stuart Weissman and the Botox people and Athletic Greens, like big brands were using this. My, my question is like the guy who's spending $10,000, $15,000 a month on, or $10,000 a month on Facebook ads, is it going to work for him? And there's never any case studies like that to start. So take it with a grain of salt. But it is coming. This is the wave of the future inside Meta. And Meta was talking about this with and how it relates to AI quite a bit in the conference. Yeah. With the Advantage Plus campaigns, is there any sense as to a potential decrease in visibility as far as asset performance? Because when Google rolled out Performance Max, they annihilated optimization by dimension, optimization by asset reporting by dimension, reporting by asset. And it was a surprise. They didn't tell us it was coming. So as you're talking about these Advantage Plus campaigns, and maybe this already exists, Ralph, and I don't know, but Facebook's reporting on granular scales used to be pretty good. Do you think Advantage Plus campaigns will kill that reporting? Seems like it. It seems like it. It's more like just put it in the machine and let us figure it all out. And I think right now, the way that we're testing it is we haven't been that impressed with it. But I think we've also tried to do it straight up without pre-testing messaging and creative and targeting that actually works. 
And I think that was the difference is that whenever something new comes out, we would jump on it and say, all right, we'll give it a shot. We have a number of accounts that are using it. But I think the key and the learning from this is, and this is the interesting part when you go to any one of these conferences, it's like they lay it out in the keynote, this is it. And then they give the case study, the Athletic Greens, which was pretty cool, lowered incremental CPA on Meta by 44% over the course of 2022 by adding in Advantage Plus. These are huge numbers. And so you're like, maybe I should rethink it. But once again, these are big brands, whether or not they use the creatives and the stuff that was working for them at first and then brought it over into Advantage Plus, we don't know. What I did find is on day three, when you actually go into the account managers, the ones who are helping some of these big brands, they got a lot more granular. And they said, all right, mm-hmm. you can't come out of the gate using this because you're going to lose visibility on what works. Like you have, to, you have to give the algorithm, give the AI a little bit of intelligence as to what resonates in the market uh, because your reporting is going to be not as granular as it would be if you built the campaigns on your own. So I think there's the theory of it and then there's the application of it. And then, okay, these are large scale companies, million dollar spend per day. Like, how does that relate to the guy or the gal who is spending a hundred or a thousand dollars a day? We haven't seen that play out quite as much because our accounts span a very large range. But the point is what typically will happen in these types of conferences is that you're seeing what's happening, what will be the sort of the status quo or table stakes of ad buying maybe six months from now. So now is the time for you to get good at it, get your feet wet, start utilizing some of these resources. And Advantage Plus was one of the big ones that they kept going back to over and over again throughout the entire conference. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really cool. The reason I was asking about the reporting was you already nailed it. I thought if you need traditional campaigns to feed Advantage Plus campaigns, couldn't you just use the post-mortem data on an Advantage Plus campaign to reverse engineer what a traditional campaign would tell you? But the post-mortem data doesn't exist. So you're still stuck with traditional campaign first into Advantage Plus campaign. Just, it's so frustrating that they, they're not giving us this data. And I'm pointing at both Google and Facebook because when a campaign works fine, it worked great. But when it doesn't work, you have almost zero ability to figure out why. You basically have to go back to the drawing board and then roll the dice again in its entirety. So I'd be interested to see if they solve for that at some point in the future. But that's a conversation for another day. We're on the Meta Performance Summit. That's a really good note for us, Ralph. What else did you learn? I'm specifically interested in what's going to appeal to CMOs, director of marketing, business owners. What do they need to know? What do they have to be prepared for? One of the biggest things I think CMOs and directors of marketing need to realize is Yes, the Advantage Plus campaign is great, but that's a tactic more than anything. One of the large messages that I heard loud and clear was not necessarily how Facebook Meta is leveraging AI through Advantage Plus. Great. How does it help me today to scale and grow? And one of the case studies, which they actually did do and broke it down by percentage of objective type, is that In the case of Allergan, 
they have Botox and Juvederm, sort of two different brands. And they showed this. And I actually had this conversation with multiple CEOs after the Meta conference. I went out and talked with a lot of different tier 11 customers and talked about this exact thing is that so many companies and CMOs in particular are just so focused on website conversions. So it's the objective. I want to purchase. I want to create my 5 million person audience or my lookalike audience or my detailed targeting audience. I throw in my exclusions. I put in my demographics and my, my, my locations. And then I run the campaigns through website conversions to get purchasers of my product. Great. So many businesses get to a point where they, that's all they do. And then they wonder why their CPAs start to increase over time, or maybe they can't scale. They hit the wall. Now, there's a lot of different ways in which you can scale a website conversion campaign, but it's interesting to see in some of these case studies that are from larger brands, and some of the same things that Meta has been espousing for some time is to actually change how you think about customer acquisition. And it's not necessarily all website conversions, all get the click and get the sale. It might be a one or two or three step. And in maybe Google's case, or depending on who you talk to, it's multi-step. It might be 500 steps. It could be seven touch points to 7,000 touch points. I don't know what it actually is, but it's somewhere greater than one in most cases and embracing different campaign types bring people in through awareness initially, consideration, and then action. And one of the really interesting case studies was a Juvederm case study, which is these guys are spending millions. And they were 100% or nearly 100%, like 90%, two years ago, all conversion campaigns. And they have scaled and 3X'd their online business, as well as gotten a 63% decrease in CPMs and have been able to scale the business online through Facebook by adopting a different mindset, by using awareness and consideration first and then conversion last, meaning front-end video that doesn't necessarily have a call to action, brand-style videos that talk about the lifestyle of the brand or maybe the CEO story or maybe the brand story, like stuff that's really light touch branding kind of campaigns, but not branding for branding's sake. Cause I'm like, just like throwing stuff out there and talking about reach and impressions. Yeah. We capture all these people in app, whether it's through video views or whether it's through clicks to the site and then retarget them with conversion campaigns. So it's a multi-step process, which then ends up allowing these brands to scale and grow. And in the case of Allergan, super interesting case study, they were able to flip their TV spend, which was about 50-50 between television and social to about 15% now for TV and nearly 85% on digital, like completely changed the paradigm because they adopted this, hey, not everybody is in market right now to buy my stuff. I need to introduce them to the brand through 
awareness campaigns, through brand awareness campaigns, through video view campaigns, through maybe traffic campaigns, maybe have them opt in maybe as a secondary consideration campaign for a 10% off coupon or maybe some kind of middle of the funnel exchange for email and name. And then last but not least, gathering all that in-app data to target and retarget for conversions. So what you're doing is you're expanding your market, you're growing your market, you're scaling at the same time by targeting people who aren't necessarily ready right now to buy your stuff, but you need to play a little bit of the longer game. This involves a little bit more patience, but just bringing this message to individual Tier 11 customers has been game-changing for us. We've seen it happen with multiple brands who have actually had in-app, in-office consultations with Meta. And now they're scaling and growing. We talked to about one a few weeks back with Kobe. But to see the big brands be able to do this, that's a huge shift, Kasim, from like a 50-50 mix to now 85% digital. Obviously, it's great for Meta. But the point is it makes sense, like how people become aware of other brands. And this is a great case where Juvederm isn't their well-known brand. They were very clear that, all right, our other brand is Botox. We don't have to do that for Botox. Everybody knows what Botox is. So it's pretty much straight conversion campaigns. They haven't changed a whole lot. They've maybe upped their awareness and consideration a bit more. But the secondary product, Ju- Juvederm, actually, it doesn't have that brand awareness. So for your product that's out there that maybe not everybody in the world knows about, this is the type of strategy that Meta is espousing, but also big brands are doing. We're doing it inside Tier 11, and we're seeing it really be effective. So it makes all the sense in the world from a bar stool. The problem is, especially when you move from these massive brands that have the money for R&D and you move downstream just a little, and I don't mean like small business, but even a medium-sized business with a healthy ad spend, how would a CMO sell this? And I think maybe the best thing we could do is coach our listeners on exactly that because CMOs, in my experience, are tied directly to the bottom line. If you spend a dollar, I have to see how that dollar impacts my bottom line. Mm -hmm. And if you spend too many dollars without being able to articulate that impact you either better stop doing what you're doing or you better go start looking for another job. And it's that extreme for so many of them. So how do we equip them with the language that would be necessary to champion a cause like this? Because what's funny about it, man, is this to me is the life jacket on the Titanic right now. Mm -hmm. Like media buying is going in a direction where you can't compete at the bottom of the funnel unless you're at the top of the funnel, period. But there's so many brands that are going to learn that way too late. Yeah. So what's the what's the approach? What's the pitch? And maybe it's just, hey, go listen to this podcast. But maybe there's something more elegant too. And I'm curious as to whether or not Meta gave you that sales pitch. Yeah. So that's the area where they run short. They say, oh, here's these big ideas, but how do you go do it? And so mm. you have to figure this out on your own. And hopefully that's what people listen to this show about is... And I had this conversation three hours ago with a CEO and a CMO. And I was telling them about this because they've reached a massive amount of scale. They're spending just about $200,000 a month in a kind of a sub niche for people who are very, very passionate about a certain type of car. And it, I'm not going to give away like who it is, but the point is like that is a sub niche. Like you, you are going to run out of people eventually. You need to expand your market if you want to go from a couple hundred thousand a month in spend to a couple of million a month. 
you need to go outside your comfort zone. And the advice that I gave to them is that we, we went through their inventory, as it were, for video. And we went to their YouTube channel. And their YouTube channel actually has a ton of really good, high-level, some pitchy, some that are a little bit too pitchy mm. for their particular offer. It's a really good offer. Once again, highly passionate niche but small in comparison to the rest of the world. So you need to be able to go outside of that ring and start to influence people who maybe have an interest, but maybe not aren't your passionate core. And so they are selling to their passionate core over and over again. Good business, but how do you get that next level? So we went to their, the assets. So you as a CMO or as a, if you're on staff, look at your assets. And in this case, we went back through, I'm like, wow, you guys have all these YouTube videos that talk about the stuff that you're selling, but then also it, there's content related to what you're selling with relation to this highly passionate niche, in this particular case, in the car niche. So they've got like these cool videos about these specific types of cars and these make and model. And then they had shorts that they were being produced like on a regular basis and but they weren't putting them on their Facebook page. They weren't doing much with them. The point is what they were doing is they were creating assets. They just weren't leveraging them in, the, in this type of way. They asked me, they said, should we put money behind this and have you guys start running ads? I said, no, here's what you should do is start taking some of those assets, start putting them on your Facebook page on a regular basis. Don't boost them you already have the asset, just start leveraging it. Post it on your page like mm. one a day or maybe two a day and then look at your metrics. And inside Facebook now, there's a really, there's a very cool way for you to measure like how your content is doing. So what we recommend, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you can actually see this, is inside Ads Manager, there is a post and reels under content. So over on the left-hand side, this is actually inside our Tier 11 Meta Business Suite. You can actually see all the content that we've produced. And these are really super, super recent ones. But all you can do is you can go through here and categorize all the ones that you've published in the past and figure out which ones have had the most engagement. Now, a lot of these we just posted here today, but here's some, okay, 595 accounts reach, 628 plays. You can search by play and start to get a sense as to which organic content is resonating with your audience. And I think it's a good way for you to actually start without having to spend any money on figuring out which is resonating and which isn't. Now, anything that you post on your page is going to be shown to your fans. The people that are fans of your page. So keep that in mind, but at least it'll give you an early indication of, all right, this piece of content might resonate with these audiences that I'm gonna try to target with new targeting, with new lookalike audiences, top of funnel awareness stage. And I think that content tab is a game changer here. And you can go in there, you can really look around, but you have to have a regular posting schedule in order to be able to determine which piece of content can I then utilize in an awareness campaign to start to expand my audiences and stop this over-reliance on just website conversion campaigns? So that would be my first step. And that's a low 
it's a lo-fi way of doing it in essence. And it's a way in which you can test stuff without having a whole lot of, of ad dollars behind it, if any, and leveraging your own internal teams. Now, if you don't have your own internal teams, then you have to start creating your own content. But the point is that in this particular case, and in our case, and in your case, we're already creating that content. And I think that's table stakes right now, Kasim. Like if you're running advertising and you're not doing at least some content creation internally, like you should be for one way, shape, or form or another, whether it's blog post writing, whether it's video creation, whether it's podcasts, like the one that we're doing here, this is all the base and the foundation of where all of this media buying stuff is going. The confirmation bias that you would get from your internal audience aside, I think the lo-fi approach should be the best practice prerequisite, regardless of size or ad spend. Because you're putting yourself in a position, and we are, it's actually what we were talking about at the very beginning of this call. It was, hey, don't go use advantage campaigns until you know what works. Right. Oh, by the way, Facebook's going to tell you organically what works. So I think that becomes the standard operating procedure too, is just identifying what's working for you before you try to run ads and spend money to learn those lessons. Dude, this is fascinating. I love it that Meta's doing this. I didn't realize that this event was that new. I thought that they'd been doing these agency events for a decade. And maybe they have, and this is just a new iteration of that, but it's pretty cool that they're opening up the hood to the degree that they are. Anything else that you want to share with the listeners? Any other nuggets or learning lessons that you think are pertinent? Yeah, I would say short form content. Like a lot of the stuff that we're doing right now, I know a lot of stuff that we're doing for this podcast is dead on with what Meadow is seeing as far as like they're giving preference. It's almost like when they push a certain medium and it was reels this time. So it was AI, it was advantage plus, and it was reels and reels is on Instagram. It's short form content. It's TikTok, and most of the top level awareness content in the campaigns that I was just talking about were all reels. So if you're not creating short form content and the message was loud and clear to me that meta is giving preference to this type of creative. Why? Why do you think? <laughs> Take one guess. And they don't want to get taken down by TikTok. That's it. It's exactly it. So it all makes sense. I know I'm asking you questions that we haven't like re-rehearsed, pre-rehearsed, but you've gotten them all right, which is great. So those are the big takeaways from the Meta Performance Summit. I'll give one more small takeaway here, Kasim. They gave a preview of what's to come on AI, like background generation for images to make a square image go nine by 16 using image outcropping. I thought that was pretty cool. We saw that. And also generative AI ad copy for meta ads. Who mm. would have thought? So yeah, so all of that stuff is coming in what they refer to as the AI sandbox and didn't see much for video on that. So still, like all this real stuff, it's not going to get replaced by AI-generated video quite yet. And the last meta conference they did actually show, which I thought was really cool. We didn't see it this time. So content creators, for your jobs right now are safe, at least on the meta platform, because you're still going to need actual humans doing actual videos and UGC content. But yeah, the AI-generated image creation and cropping and all that 
Maybe we'll leave some links in the show notes to, to some of the images that I did grab here so we can just give people a little taste of what's to come inside Meta, which I think is really actually pretty cool. Uh, yeah, AI Sandbox, I'm sure we'll be talking about that more on future shows. Yeah, so we're going to leave links in the show notes to everything that we talked about here on today's show. As always, go back and listen to previous episodes and uh, subscribe and leave a rating. Wherever you're listening, we actually have gotten some where we're going to be talking about that on, I believe, on next show. And also let us know what we can do better over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Follow me over on LinkedIn and Qasim at Qasim Aslam on Twitter. And check us out on YouTube as well. We'll have this up on YouTube. And make sure that you follow PT on all the socials. We're pretty active on the socials these days, custom. All resources and show notes are at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 